to. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful, Lord, um, for our opportunity to give to you um, with our lives, with all that we are. We thank you, God, for what you have given to us, that we have salvation and forgiveness of our sins through Jesus Christ. I pray that that would be on our minds and our hearts today, Lord. You would meet us here, uh, that you would grow us and challenge us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we are uh, wrapping up our series on Anxious for Nothing, and we're talking about what we think about and what we fill our minds with. And there's a whole lot of different directions I feel like we could go with this, but one of the common themes in this part of the message and this part of the series is that this is really, this is really just building on what we've already been talking about. Uh, in, in the first week, we talked about rejoicing, always. We, we talked about how we can actually stop in the midst of our anxiety and fear, and we can choose to praise God and rejoice for things that he has done, for things about him and who he is, and the ways that he has provided for us in our lives. We can choose to stop and think about something other than the fear and the anxiety that's sort of pulling us down and dragging us down. This brings us hope. It keeps us grounded and rooted in faith rather than being uprooted in fear. And then in week two, we talked about gentleness, how we can actually stop and we can think of a good way to react in the middle of our fear and anxiety rather than just react in the way that the world does. We have a call, we have a choice to rejoice uh, and act differently when we encounter situations in the world that challenge our peace, that challenge our steadiness. And being people of God's peace and being gentle is one of the best ways that we can show and live out our faith from day to day in the world around us. And then in the third week, we talked about prayer. Prayer as like an active thinking exercise, not just prayer as a passive, you know, group prayer in church on a Sunday morning, right? So we talked about prayer and how we should take our troubles and our requests to the Lord uh, there's some power in that in that we are naming our troubles and our requests. We're naming the things that are causing that fear and anxiety in our lives. And we're speaking them and we're giving them to God specifically. And that's a really good practice on training your mind and training your brain and putting your mind on, on what is burdening you for the sake of letting go of that and giving it to the Lord in prayer. And in prayer, we make requests of God, and we don't do so for selfish gain, but we do so to better live out our faith and our dependence on God that we are called to live out in Christ Jesus. And then last week, we talked about the peace of God. The peace of God. God promises that his peace is going to come and guard our hearts and guard our minds in Christ Jesus. And this comes as a result of us choosing to rejoice and be gentle and to pray and take our requests to the Lord. And it comes also because the Holy Spirit is present in and through God's people in his church. He promises that. This is what happens at Pentecost, and this is the reality for the body of Christ until the day that Jesus comes back. His Holy Spirit is in everybody who professes Jesus Christ as their Lord. And so practically, if we wanted more peace in our lives, if we want to experience more peace in our lives, it comes often through growing our awareness of how God is working in and through the Holy Spirit and us kind of paying attention that God is doing stuff in our lives and around us. And all of this leads us up to today, uh, which again, I would say is building on these things. And, and it's again, it's a super practical message today. And it's, it's not necessarily too far removed from 
uh, different exercises in building habits. How many of you have ever read a book on healthy habits? Or maybe you've downloaded a brain training app or things like this. Um, a lot of those principles are based on the fact that God gave us minds and he gave us the ability to think critically and to use them and to choose what it is that we think about or focus on or give our attention to. And so today, today we're talking about these things that we think about and how what we are thinking about will either contribute to or detract from any anxiety and fear that we are feeling and living with. So we're back in our Philippians 4 text, and I'm going to read this for us again here today. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's actually a pretty straightforward instruction, isn't it? And as encouraging as this scripture has become for me, and I hope for you over the last month and a half, um, I find encouragement here too, because uh, this assumes that we can think about good things. This assumes that God has made us and shown grace to us in a way that the things that we often get stuck in in our minds and in our hearts aren't those places that we need to stay. God can bring us out of those and allow us to have our minds set on other good things. And part of that is rejoicing and our actions and our gentleness and it's our prayers and it's experience the peace that guards our hearts and our minds. And then Paul gives us this list. What are some things that are true or honorable, just? What is it in your life that you would consider pure, lovely? What actions, what, what, what actions have been shown to you or that you have shown others that are commendable? What is excellent? What is praiseworthy? I hope a lot of those things come to your mind. Not, not just in general, but specific things that you can think about and reflect on that will help in this battle of anxiety and fear in our world today. Um, so one of the questions I think we need to ask, if Paul tells us all the good stuff to think about, uh, he assumes that we're thinking about a lot of things that aren't in those categories, right? What is not helping? And this is one of those practical pieces here when it comes to anxiety and fear. Much of our own anxiety, much of our own fear in our lives comes as a result of what we are spending our time thinking about and where we are turning our attention. A June 2023 Pew, Pew Research study, so just a few months ago, uh, found the following items to be of major concern for well over half of Americans, right? So these are major general items that most of us in this room, 60 plus percent, would probably check all of these off, right, in terms of the world that we live in today. Uh, first, number one was actually inflation and money issues. Number two, affordability of health care. That's a real thing we think about. Number three, drug addiction. Number four, violent crimes. Government's handling of money. 
declining moral values in the country. These are some broad things. Christians and non-Christians alike, well over 50% of people surveyed in our country would say those are a major concern, which means we're probably thinking about those things a lot, right? And these are some broad things, and most of you are like, yeah, of course, I see that. Sometimes we don't realize how much time we spend thinking about these big picture things in our world or in our country or even our community. But if you're anything like me, it's a lot of time and a lot of that is lost or wasted time because so many of those things are not within the sphere of influence that God has given me to interact with and affect in my life. Not that I shouldn't pray about it or be mindful and know what's going on, but getting caught up on things is often where we find those fears and anxieties. So we have those specific worries, right, that fit into each of those categories. And so if you're anything like me, that inflation and the cost of groceries for my family, yeah, that's important. Things cost a lot more than they did a few years ago. Health issues and self-medicating our stress in our culture, that's a huge issue. It hits closer to home. Our own anger issues, our lack of gentleness in how we interact with the people around us, our tendencies to hurt people that we don't want to hurt, even the ones that we love the most. The direction of our culture and the, the effect that our culture is having on our kids and on our youth. I think about that a lot. And the seemingly endless hole that, that screens, thanks Connor for having that example this morning, man, the screens and the social media and the information overload are leading our minds down the path of anxiety and fear and not down the path of health and wellness. So perhaps in Paul's times too, but we definitely here today, we have so much information coming at us, right? And uh, so much misinformation coming at us, things that we don't know and we'll never know if they're actually true or not. And there's companies spending billions of dollars to market what they are selling to us, even if it has 87 different side effects that are probably going to kill you, right? And we have all this behavior-modifying content in our news and in our advertising and on social media, and it's always demanding more and more and more of your time and your money and your allegiance and your energy. And then we wonder why we're anxious all the time. And in so many ways, we have become disciples of that stuff and disciples of our culture and not disciples of Jesus Christ because we spend all our time attending to those things and very little, if any time, attending to the one who saves us from our sins. We spend hours and hours consuming social media or cable news or sports. Yeah, I consumed some Hawkeye stuff yesterday. I also consumed a lot of social media being critical of the officials after the game yesterday. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm guilty of it too, right? And if we are honest, at the end of the day, we find that the real struggle here that we're living in, in terms of what we're putting our minds on and thinking about, is that we aren't actually living according to Jesus. We, aren't living we, we are actually living according to the flesh or to the distractions that Connor was talking about or to the brokenness or to the sin that Jesus came to save us from. And there is a better way. And that's what Paul is calling us back to here. Paul also writes in Romans 8 in our passage that we heard read this morning. I'm going to read a snippet of that. He writes, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. 
but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh, it is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So God thinks your mind is important. And God knows that he has created you in a way that through the power of your Holy Spirit, if you live according to the Holy Spirit, your mind is going to be going towards life and peace and not towards sin and death. And when we allow our minds to get overrun and filled with things that are not God, Romans calls that death. And so many of us, uh, sometimes by choice, sometimes by indifference, sometimes we don't even realize it, are filling our minds with death. But when our minds are governed by God, by the Holy Spirit, when they're governed by God's truth, Romans calls that life and peace. Which one do you want? Do you want your mind full of life and peace? I do. And then Paul continues in verse 9, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. This is your reality as a follower of Jesus Christ. You are not in the realm of the flesh or the realm of death. You are in the realm of the Spirit, which is life and peace. Verse 10, If Christ is in you, then even though your body is subjected to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. So Paul is proposing here a way of structuring or orienting or prioritizing our minds. And where we draw that life from is not the world around us. It is from Jesus Christ and through his Holy Spirit. So here's our reality. In Christ, our new reality, our new reality is that we are called and we are invited to operate according to the Spirit of God, not the old ways. And in the realm of the Spirit, we find life. We can't find true life outside of the realm of the Spirit. And in the realm of the Spirit, we find rightness, righteousness. We find the power of the risen Jesus giving life to us in a way that we cannot fathom to experience apart from God. And so here, friends, once again, is our hope. It's where we find hope when we're feeling stuck and down, when we're feeling the death that he's talking about. Our hope is not in our own ability to pick ourselves up from the bootstraps. That doesn't actually work, if you've ever thought that metaphor through. Our hope is not in our ability to conquer or our ability to just power through and do good. No, our hope in the ways of this world to find us peace are going to fail. But our hope is in Jesus Christ, the one who will never fail. And when we are looking for freedom from the prison of fear and anxiety, there's the world's way and there's Jesus' way. And the world has a terrible track record to save you. But Jesus' track record is perfect. I like how practical these things have been in this series, um, and I want to recap a few of those practical things. Uh, we've talked about choosing to rejoice in gentleness. We've talked about pray and what we can pray for and how we can pray specifically and simply 
We talked about experiencing peace and looking for peace and how the peace of the Holy Spirit can transform our lives in ways that are often incomprehensible. We don't know why, but we experience peace in the presence of God. And we talked about practically knowing God's word and Jesus' heart, and that will bring us peace. And the change of actions that we experience through knowing Jesus' teachings will also lead to a life of peace. And I think another practical way to look at this today comes down to our gospel passage where we heard about Mary and Martha. Because I think this hits on one of the other big things in our world today that actually feeds and contributes to our anxiety and our fear rather than helps it. Mary and Martha offer two contrasting approaches to how to spend their time with Jesus. Mary sits at the feet of Jesus to learn and grow while Martha keeps doing the busy work that she thinks is important. And it might be important stuff that she's doing. uh, Certainly if they all want to eat and she's preparing the meal, yeah, you could say that's important. And it might be important to do that stuff at some point, during some times, but it's not the most important thing for that day and that moment, is it? It's not the most important thing to do the busy stuff when Jesus offers us his life and his spirit today. And so one practical piece here today is to reject the world of hurry and busyness that our culture holds up as being a really good thing. Um, I don't remember who says it. Somebody says, hurry is the enemy of growth. Hurry is the enemy of growth. When you're talking about spiritual growth, when you're talking about physical growth in the gym, if you're going to hurry through a workout, you're probably not going to get as much out of it. If you're going to hurry through... Um, reading the scripture in the morning, you're probably not going to get as much through it. If you're going to hurry through worship, you're probably not going to get as much out of it. And so one practical piece here today is to find time to step out of the busy and to step out of the hurry so that we can stop and we can breathe and we can remember intentionally who we are in Jesus Christ. Mary did that. She went to his feet He was the teacher, she was the child, he was the shepherd, she was the sheep. She embraced that. I feel that often for me, probably 95% of my own anxiety in life comes from getting sucked into the moment and the busyness and the hurry. And I know that probably resonates for a lot of you too. And in those moments, I actually forget the power of Jesus in my life. I forget who Jesus is, and I forget who I am in Jesus. And I'm living according to a way that he didn't intend for me to live according to. And when I stop and I remember his promises, those things that caused me the fear and the anxiety in the first place are often put back into perspective. And they're maybe not as big a deal as I thought they were. And I find once again that Jesus is still Lord, that God is still loving, and he's still a good father, And that my life is eternally secure through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when those pieces fall back into the place, we experience peace. We experience a world with a foundation built in Jesus Christ, the thing that lasts, and not all the other things that are going to fall and crumble and go away. So our practical pieces of this series have given you some really good things to do, to practice, Practice rejoicing, practice gentleness, practice prayer, practice praising, seek God's peace, train your minds on the goodness of God, 
Those are all really good things to do, and I encourage you to do them because God is not opposed to you trying, right? He's not opposed to you working on that relationship and building good habits and growing and leaning into his life for you. But this piece of the practical is about something else. It's not what we're doing. It's who we are. And you are a beloved child of God. And it's going to be really hard to experience the peace of God and break out of the fear and the anxiety if you don't remember who you are. You are a beloved child of God. By grace through faith, you are saved from death and given eternal life through Jesus Christ. And you're invited to live that life today. It's not a life you wait till you die to live. It's a life you live now and every day. It's right there. A life of hope, a life of peace, and a life of mission for the things of God. <laughs> and so as we kind of wrap up this series, um, I hope you don't wrap up thinking about these things. I hope you don't wrap up practicing these things. Because uh, this is really important for our time and our culture. Our I ideal reality is that we are anxious for nothing. Like, that's the end goal here, right? And remember, anxiety will come. It is unavoidable, Max Lucado says. But the prison of anxiety is optional. You do not have to live in it. And remember that you are not in this battle alone. God is with you. He has promised that. And God has given you a people, a church, a community, a family to wrestle with these things with and to find accountability and encouragement from. You're not in it alone. And the victor of this whole thing is guaranteed. And his name is Jesus. And so I invite you in the coming weeks, and I'm not just saying this, I, I really want some feedback. What is this stirring up in you? What are some of those issues in our world and our lives that maybe we can preach on a little bit more or that maybe we can do a study on or a workshop on or do some um, online content on? What, are, what is this stirring up in you? How can our church better teach on this? How can we better engage with this in our church and in our community? Because this is a huge problem, right? So if you have thoughts, if you have ideas, or if you just have struggles that we haven't touched on that you want to hear more about or talk about, I really want you to reach out. I encourage you to do that. You can find my email online or call the office or email the office and they can forward it to me. Um, but I'd love some feedback. I want to know what God is doing there. I kind of know what God is doing up here because I'm here. But I want to know what God is doing out here and hear how he's moving and working in your life too. So on that note, let's pray. Lord, we pray um, that these things can become reality for us. Lord, we do not want to live lives of fear and anxiety. We do not want to live lives under the yoke, the slavery of fear. Lord, we do not want to live lives where our minds are governed and consumed by death. Lord, we want to live lives that are free and abundant and governed by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, for some of us today, that means some really intentional steps. For some of us today, it means an awareness of what your Holy Spirit is doing. Lord, we thank you that there's so many really practical things that we can practice here. But I pray, God, that none of us would forget who we are. Lord, that living a non-anxious life, living a life of hope and anticipation, um, is found when we recognize who you are and who we are in your eyes. Lord, we thank you that you are a loving God. And we thank you that you call us your children. That's our identity. That's who we are. 
And Lord, would you sow some seeds? Challenge us and grow us. Help us to experience this peace that you offer to us in relationship with Jesus Christ. We lift all this up in Jesus' name. Amen.